Welcome to Freshy Feed, a production of Friendlight Digital Media in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Freshy Feeders. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been way too long since we haven't produced our new episodes due to busy commitments. But regardless, we are back with more as we just received a news article about the tighter COVID-19 restrictions in Singapore. We listen to the multi-ministry task force on what Singapore's new COVID-19 rules is all about. This audio is made possible by our friends of Manuship Dwasji, so make sure you also subscribe to them on YouTube and the original video link is in the description. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Multi-Ministerial Task Force Press Conference. On our panel today, we have Minister Gan Kim Yong, Minister Lawrence Wong, Director for Medical Services, Professor Kenneth Mark, and CEO of Tan Tok Seng Hospital, Dr. Eugene So. May I now invite the ministers to begin with a few words. Minister, please. Thank you. In the last few weeks, we have seen a worrying trend of an increasing number of uh, locally transmitted cases, and we have seen the emergence of several clusters. We are particularly concerned about the cluster linked to the Tan Tong Seng Hospital. Upon the detection of the first case, MOH and Tan Tong Seng Hospital worked together to quickly identify all potential close contacts and test and isolate them so as to contain the spread as quickly as possible. Tantoxing Hospital has also strengthened the measures to contain transmission, including locking down all affected wards and testing all the patients and staff in the wards, whether or not they are symptomatic. The aim is to really uncover any hidden cases that may be asymptomatic so that we can effectively contain the spread. Staff and patient movement in all the main wards has been minimized and no visitors are allowed into the hospital except for critically ill patients. I will invite uh, CEO Dr. Eugene So uh, uh, shortly to share more about the measures at the Tan Tok Seng Hospital. We know that such measures have caused inconvenience to patients and their families, and we understand your anxiety to want to see your loved ones who are awarded. Tan Tok Seng Hospital will allow, on a case-by-case basis, limited visitors for patients who are critically ill. For the rest, we seek our patience and understanding. The measures are necessary for our patients' safety and to contain the transmission as soon as possible. My Director of Medical Services, Associate Professor Kenneth Mark, will provide more information on the status of the cases later. We will continue to aggressively test and draw a wide ring around the cases so as to minimize the the risk of further spread. We will carry out surveillance testing for patients who had been discharged from Tan Tok Seng Hospital as well as those who have visited Tan Tok Seng on or after 18 April. We will also include those individuals who have been to or who work at the public places that the Tan Tok Seng cluster cases had visited during their infectious period. 
Our testing is ongoing and we expect to detect more cases in the coming weeks, in the coming days. To reduce spread from undetected cases in the community, we will also close all public places visited by the cases during the likely infectious period for two days for cleaning and this will also facilitate testing of the staff and workers at these affected areas. The Ministry of Health has reminded all our healthcare institutions of the need to maintain the highest level of vigilance for all staff and patients. Staff are regularly reminded of the need to strictly comply with the safe management measures and infection control prevention protocols, as well as to closely monitor their health and report if they are unwell, regardless of their vaccination status. We are monitoring this particular cluster at Tan Tok Seng Hospital very closely. The next few days will be critical. We find many more cases that suggest widespread transmission. We will have to introduce more measures to break the chain of transmission. Minister Wong will share more later. These recent increases in cases is yet another reminder that the virus is alive and circulating. And we will have to continue to be vigilant because we, are, we remain vulnerable once our, we let our guards down. We must continue to be socially responsible and stick to the safe management measures, including for those who have been vaccinated. Let us continue to work together and remain vigilant and bring the local infections under control quickly. I'll now ask Associate Professor Kenneth Mark, DMS, to give a quick update of today's cases. Thank you very much, Minister. As of the 30th of April 2021, the Ministry of Health has preliminarily confirmed nine new cases of locally transmitted COVID-19 infection, of whom eight are linked to previous cases, and amongst them, four cases are linked to uh, case 62541. This is the original index case which led us to detect the uh, cluster of cases uh, of infections in Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Uh, this, these were detected via proactive testing of patients and staff at Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Based on investigation so far, uh, the cases are in the community and there are no new cases in the dormitories. In addition, there are 15 imported cases who have already been placed on the stay-home notice upon arrival in Singapore. And in total, there are 24 new cases of COVID-19 infection in Singapore today. Of the 13 COVID-19 cases in the Tan Tok Seng cluster, five are staff members and eight are patients. The five staff include two doctors, a nurse, one healthcare assistant, and one cleaner who had worked uh, in uh, the, the ward where these cluster of cases has emerged. Uh, seven patients were admitted to one ward in particular, that's Ward 9D, while one was admitted to uh, Ward 9C. Uh, the uh, cases uh, have all been uh, sent to NCID. They have been placed in isolation, uh, and they are looked after and cared for by uh, our doctors and staff in NCID. All close contacts of cases are being placed on quarantine uh, and have been swab tested. Four wards in Tan Tok Seng have been locked down and further information on the measures that, are, that have been undertaken in Tan Tok Seng will be provided by the Tan Tok Seng Hospital's CEO, uh, Dr. Eugene So. We've also stepped up clinical surveillance of all uh, inpatients 
who may develop fever or acute respiratory infections uh, while in the hospital. All staff in the hospital have been reminded to adhere very strictly uh, to infection control measures and they've been placed on enhanced staff surveillance uh, to pick up any symptoms uh, and uh, to uh, uh, report sick immediately for further evaluation. They've all also been uh, uh, advised to use their Trace Together app or token uh, so as to facilitate uh, any contact tracing should uh, any of them uh, become cases. The hospital has stopped receiving visitors except on a compassionate basis uh, for patients who are uh, critically ill and they are not uh, transferring any patients to other facilities or discharging until they've been cleared of uh, infection. Staff and patient movements have been uh, cohorted and uh, restricted uh, with uh, separate teams uh, being assigned uh, to look after different groups of patients so as to reduce any risk of uh, spread of any infection uh, within the hospital. We've also suspended non-essential training uh, in the hospital if only to mitigate uh, any further concerns of uh, spread that may take place beyond uh, the hospital itself. The media release uh, that we issue will provide a full list of uh, public places that uh, uh, cases that we've detected have visited during the infectious period and uh, to reduce the risk of transmission from this cluster to the general community and also to reduce any spread from undetected cases that might still uh, be present in the community, we have uh, uh, we recommend that members of the public, including staff who work uh, in the hospital, who have visited these same public places, uh, to monitor their health closely for the 14 days from the time that they may have visited uh, the hospital. And if uh, they are concerned about uh, any symptoms that they may have, they encourage them to see a doctor. And in particular, if they visit one of our regional swap testing centers, or PHPC, they would be eligible for government-funded swap tests. And this would help to lay any anxieties they may have about being potentially infected. NCID is further testing all cases that have been admitted to NCID to further characterize their status. They have been admitted and transferred to NCID on the basis of a positive PCR test. This may signify the presence of an active infection, but we also want to exclude other possibilities, and this may include uh, patients who had previously been infected uh, and are persistent viral shedders, and therefore each case coming in would be tested further to characterize uh, their status. The uh, hospitals are also performing uh, phylogenetic uh, tests to assess whether any of these infections are due to viral variants of concern but these tests take time and the results are not expected to come out until the earliest next week and they will give further information that would facilitate our epidemiological investigations. Of the staff, four or five have received vaccinations against COVID-19. Two of the eight patients have received some vaccinations. One had received two doses, whereas another had just received one dose. Those who have received vaccinations have derived some level of immune protection from the vaccines, but as is illustrated by this cluster, vaccination doesn't provide 100% protection, but it increases your resistance to getting symptomatic infection. It reduces the risk of you getting an infection and spreading that, uh, and uh, the vaccinations would remain protective uh, for the wide majority of uh, the population and staff uh, who had received those vaccinations.
We have carried out some preliminary investigations and will continue to study this to, ex to ensure that the, uh, the vaccinated uh, cases have been properly vaccinated. So far from our investigations, there are no issues with the quality of the vaccine that they've received, nor any concerns about the, the cold chain supply of vaccines to the vaccination centers uh, where they had received the, the vaccination. It is certainly a possibility that these uh, reflect vaccine, uh, vaccination breakthrough cases, but require further uh, um, study before we can properly characterize them. And this is uh, ongoing. We are working also with the other healthcare institutions, uh, reminding them to uh, remain vigilant in terms of the surveillance of patients who present with symptoms. They will also be looking out for uh, visitors and patients to the hospital with a history of either being exposed to uh, patients who have had COVID-19 infection, or in this particular case, uh, who have had a history of visiting Tan Tok Seng uh, for the period uh, which we are concerned about. They will then uh, assess each individual visitor or patient that comes uh, to the hospital, and if need be, uh, carry out further evaluation to exclude the possibility of any infection. They may remain ready to receive and treat any patient with COVID-19 uh, infection. They all have uh, COVID-19 beds and resources on standby, and those resources remain uh, available. We have uh, also asked them to be on standby to support Tan Tok Seng in its management of this uh, outbreak. And if necessary, we will augment uh, the hospital with additional resources to ensure that care of patients in the hospital is not compromised. Our concern is that the safety and welfare of patients is not undermined, and uh, we are assured that Tan Tok Seng is doing all it can uh, to keep patient safety upheld. So I'll, I'll let uh, Dr. So provide further information concerning the measures that Tan Tok Seng Hospital ha has implemented uh, to manage this particular outbreak. Thank you. Dr. So. Thank you, DMS and Minister. Our hospital has been working very closely with the Ministry to respond decisively to this situation. We have been in a pandemic mode since January 2020, and this virus continues to evolve and pose different challenges. This current situation is of concern, and we are acting fast with a three-pronged approach to contain, control, and to cast a wide net to secure the safety and well-being of our patients and staff. First, our immediate containment measures. Our hospital's priority is to contain the situation and to care for our patients and our staff who have been confirmed with COVID-19. We have taken immediate steps to treat and isolate them at NCID some of our patients are elderly and with multiple comorbidities, so we are monitoring them very closely. We have also identified inpatients and staff who are close contact of the positive cases. To date, we have transferred 61 patients, including the confirmed patients, to NCID. We have since also placed 76 of our staff who have been in close contact on leave of absence awaiting their quarantine orders. Based on further contact tracing, 
We anticipate that more staff will be placed on leave of absence as well as quarantine. In view of our manpower situation, we have worked closely also with the Ministry to reduce non-urgent electives and non-life-threatening A&E attendances during this period. I must emphasize that our epidemiological investigations are ongoing for the positive cases. We have locked down four wards, as you have heard from DMS, and other patients and staff in those wards have been swapped. So far, the first swap results for these other patients are all negative. They are being monitored actively for their health and well-being. Second, our surveillance and infection control measures. We have stepped up clinical surveillance of all inpatients who may develop fever or ARI symptoms who are in flight. However, patients with COVID-19 may be asymptomatic and hence this underlies the challenges with the diagnosis and surveillance of these patients. We have enhanced our staff surveillance and reminded our staff to be vigilant in twice daily temperature monitoring and if unwell to see our on-site staff clinic immediately and not to report to work. We have also reinforced infection control, hand hygiene and PPE compliance for all our staff. We have enhanced our cleaning and disinfection process and increased its frequency throughout our hospital, including the wards that have been locked down. Third, we have cast our net wide to prevent further spread. As of yesterday, we have started mass screening for all inpatients and staff working in our wards. This is to cast our net wide in order to contain any potential and hidden risks. During this period, we have about 1,100 inpatients and 4,500 staff in our wards working across various shifts. This includes doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, housekeepers, and many other support staff. We will swap and test each and every one of them. All our inpatients will be swapped by this evening and all 4,500 staff will complete their swabbing by this weekend. As a safety measure for our patients and visitors, we are not allowing visitors into our wards till further notice. For those, who are, for those patients who are critically ill, we will allow visitors by exception on a compassionate basis, but we will monitor them and encourage them to take precautions as they see to their loved ones uh, who are critically ill. While the above measures are to contain, control and cast a, wet, a white net, we may pick up further cases which we will quickly isolate and lock down the ward concern. We have also mobilized our patient officers and welfare officers to support 
the well-being of our patients and the staff during this period. We will continue to work closely with the Ministry to contain and review our measures and we will take further action as necessary. Thank you. Good evening. We have been monitoring the infection situation around the world and particularly in India since we last announced some border measures. Uh, the situation unfortunately has continued to deteriorate and we know that the infection is spreading beyond India to the surrounding countries. So we will be taking several steps to tighten our border measures. From 1st of May 2359, all long-term pass holders and short-term visitors with recent travel history to Bangladesh, Nepal, Pakistan and Sri Lanka will not be allowed entry into Singapore or transit through Singapore. So we will be restricting travellers from these countries. Travellers with recent travel history in these countries who are already in Singapore and are presently serving out their stay-home notice will be required to serve out a full 21-day stay-home notice as well. That's for the interim because these are already here, but beyond the 14 days, we will extend to the 21 days. But with effect from 1st May 2359, we will not allow anyone coming back or coming to Singapore with recent travel, travel history from these countries, aside from returning Singaporeans and PRs. We will also tighten the border measures for Thailand. Thailand was a country, well, when earlier we looked at Thailand, the infection rates were sort of not as high. And so we allowed for travelers with recent travel history from Thailand to come into Singapore and serve a 14-day stay-home notice with the option to do so at home. But given that the situation in Thailand is also deteriorating and infection rates are rising, we will now tighten uh, such that all travelers with recent travel history from Th in Thailand will have to serve out the full 14-day stay-home notice in a dedicated facility. Uh, so these are the travel measures that we, or the border measures which we are tightening given the latest assessment of the external environment. Beyond that, we will be taking additional steps to tighten our community measures in order to control this latest round of infection cases. You have already heard from Minister Gunn and Dr. Eugene So just now about the steps that are going to be taken specific to Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Beyond that, uh, you also heard, and I reiterate what Min Gan said, that for uh, anyone who has been to the public places visited by the infected cases, uh, we, for these uh, public places, and there are a list of them, some of them are F&B outlets, some of them are places of worship, we will close them for two days for deep cleaning and to uh, facilitate the testing of staff working at these places. Uh, beyond that, for people who have, may have been exposed to these public places at the time when the infected cases were there, 
these are not not the close contacts because the close contacts would have been informed, notified, and we would have put them on quarantine. But through the trace together and safe entry system, we know that there are people who might be exposed because they were there in these public places at about the same time when the infected cases were there. So we will send SMSs to all of the people with possible exposures to notify them and alert, keep them on alert so that they would monitor their own health and if there is, you know, they feel unwell, they can quickly uh, see a doctor. In addition, we will also alert them and uh, encourage them through the SMS to get themselves tested. So we will send them instructions on where they could possibly go for testing and uh, the testing will be free of charge. This will also enable us to detect any cryptic cases quickly and, do, and, and uh, enable us to um, control the infection better. Beyond these measures, we will do several other tightening of local measures. First, we will reduce the density of shopping malls. Remember, quite some time earlier, we had opened up and allowed for um, more people to enter the shopping mall, so we will tighten back and we will reduce the density. We will reduce the capacity limits for attractions. We will bring back the odd-even entry restrictions, odd-even-day entry restrictions for some of the popular malls, and we will close all outdoor barbecue pits and campsites. So these are the additional measures we will put in place uh, over the month of May uh, in order to reduce activity levels and try and slow down transmission of the virus within the community. For workplaces, we encourage all employers uh, to, uh, by as far as possible, allow their staff to work from home. And any social gatherings in the workplace should be avoided. Uh, the public sector will take the lead in this regard. And so agencies working in the Novena area, like the Ministry of Home Affairs and the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore, IRAS, will be asking their staff to work from home where possible. For individuals, uh, we also encourage everyone to do their part. Earlier this year, we had uh, put in place the rule that for visitors to households, the number of visitors has to be capped at no more than eight persons uh, for the visit to the household. So that rule remains and we should continue to comply with that rule. In addition, we ask everyone to limit your social gatherings to not more than two per day. In other words, if you are going out, be it to visit another household or to have a meal with your family or, or friends, limit such social gatherings to not more than two a day. As far as possible, aside from these limited social gatherings, stay at home, and if you have to go out, avoid crowded places. If you're not feeling well, then quickly see a doctor, get yourself tested. Do not go out because that, you know, you will run the risk of um, spreading the infection to wherever you're going. So be responsible. So long as you're not feeling well, even if it's a small bug, 
you know, minor symptoms, get yourself tested as soon as possible. Also, for those who have been offered vaccination, if you are in the eligible group and you are medically eligible, we strongly encourage you to take up the vaccine. Uh, we know these, are, these new restrictions will um, you know, create inconvenience for everyone. It's not easy because in the month of May, there are three public holidays. We have May Day coming up tomorrow, Hari Raya later on, and then Visak Day toward the end of May. I know many are looking forward to these public holidays. You would have made plans. You may want to gather together. You may want to socialize, get, you know, meet your family and friends. But I seek everyone's cooperation to scale back your social activities and comply with all the prevailing rules. This is the only way we can ensure that we slow down the spread of the virus in the community. And we have to be mentally prepared too, that if the situation were to worsen, despite all that we are doing and despite all the new restrictions, if the situation were to worsen, we may have to consider further tightening and significantly reducing interactions in the community with more stringent measures. It's been about a year since uh, we entered and then exited the circuit breaker. And since then, we have embarked on a path of reopening and resumption of activities. But from the very start, we have emphasized that this will not be a one-way street. There will be stops and starts, and there will be bumps along the way. We are encountering now one such bump in our journey of reopening. But let us also take confidence in the fact that today we have better capabilities and tools to control the infection. So if we stay disciplined and vigilant, and if we all do our part, I am confident we can get through this bump and get back on track towards our path of reopening the economy. So thank you very much. Thanks. Let me just say that uh, all these uh, measures are very important uh, that um, uh, Minister Wong mentioned. Uh, but beyond these measures, what it reflects is actually a heightened uh, level of risk of infection. We have uh, worked together for the last uh, more than a year, together with uh, all Singaporeans. We have uh, managed to keep the infection under control. And I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who have uh, helped us and who have uh, tried their best to comply with all the measures so that we can get to where we are today. Now that we are seeing increased number of cases as well as a couple of clusters, there is clearly a heightened risk of infection now in the community. So we urge everyone to continue to work with us, to cooperate with us, observe the rules and guidelines that we are issuing, and in fact, go beyond that if you can where possible reduce social interaction, social uh, exposure, uh, contacts, so that we can uh, quickly bring the infection under control. So that even if we, we see clusters, we can contain the spread of the cluster and so as to bring Singapore uh, back to where we are, uh, where we were before. So on this note, uh, thank you very much. And now I would like to invite the questions from the media. Thank you, Ministers, DMS and Dr. So. We will now begin with the Q&A segment. Dear members of the media, 
Please remember to use the raise hand function on Zoom if you would like to ask a question, and a reminder to keep to one question only. If you are called upon, you will be prompted to unmute yourself. Please do so accordingly. May we have the first question from Salma from ST, please? Hello, thank you very much. Um, sorry, is there an echo? Uh, um, you sound I'd okay. Like to... yeah. You sound okay to us. Yeah, okay. Right. I'd like to pose this question to Dr. Eugene So. Uh, why is there a need to double the number of wards that are being locked down? And exactly what does lockdown mean? Does it mean the patients who are there, who may have recovered, won't be allowed to go home? And if they don't have COVID now, and if one person in the ward gets COVID, they are actually at risk of getting COVID if they are locked into that ward. And furthermore, what about the medical staff treating the patients in these wards? Are they a specialized, dedicated team? And uh, how are they being protected? And how are their families being protected uh, from possible exposure? Yeah, well, thank you, Salman, for the question. Um, when we lock down a ward, um, there is no in or out movement from that ward. Uh, so there is restricted movements for patients and staff only for very essential uh, testing. For example, they require a test in our, our radiology department. And even then, when we do move them, we take full precautions in moving them. Um, but in all essence, there is strict restrictions on entry into the ward, so we will not admit any further patients into that ward, and we will have... Uh, dedicated group of staff taking care of those patients in the ward. Um, so that is essential for us to put a barrier here to make sure that we keep uh, the patients in the ward safe as well as keep those outside the ward safe as well. So within the wards, there are enhanced infection control procedures. The staff take extra precaution in ensuring that they will care for these patients while protecting themselves and we have to monitor them very closely, both our staff and our patients, so that we can pick up um, any spread very quickly and we can contain that as soon as possible. For the close contacts of the cases in those wards that have been locked down, for those close contacts, they will be transferred into isolation. Right? So they are not within the lockdown wards. The lockdown wards are for the other patients. And so far, the first swab testing that we've done for all the patients in those four wards um, have been negative so far. So we will have to continue to monitor them because they are not out of the risk period and we have to keep them safe while we monitor them. So when we choose to lock down a ward, the decision is very much because there may have been some movement of patients or there may have been a confirmed case in that ward. Um, earlier, DMS mentioned 9C, and that's why we have chosen to lock down 9C as well. And we, have, we will quickly then test all the other patients and move the close contacts into isolation immediately. Um, so that's what happens with a lockdown ward. Thank you, Dr. So. Uh, can we have the second question from Zipeng of Taobao, please? 
Hi, can you hear me? Yes, Zhu Peng, we can hear you. Okay, um, good evening, Ministers, DMS, and Dr. So. This is Zhu Peng from Zaobao. Um, first question would be, uh, you mentioned that all public places visited by the TTSH cases will be closed for two days for cleaning. Uh, may we know it will be closed from which date to which date? And also, um, a couple of questions regarding the Tan Tock Seng Hospital cluster. We understand that the ICA officer's spouse is also a nurse at Tan Tock Seng Hospital. So how can we be so sure that there's no link between her and the uh, TTSH cluster? And also speaking of this cluster, it seems like the 57-year-old male patient was the earliest to display symptoms. So why was he transferred from what 7D to 9D when he already had these fever, cough and runny nose symptoms? Thank you. The, on the days, uh, there are quite a number of uh, places that are affected because these are the places that the infected cases have visited. We have them all in an annex in the statement. Uh, the agencies will be approaching the operators, owners of these venues to have them closed. And I presume most of it will be done over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. In some instances, maybe not, but it will depend on the venue operators. But we'll want to do it as soon as possible and we'll put out the notifications in due course. I'll take uh, the other two questions that you've uh, raised. The first it relates to a different cluster uh, that... Uh, a roles uh, linked to an ICA officer. I think there are still epidemiological investigations and contact tracing uh, that are going on uh, for that particular cluster as well. Uh, and it has been reported that, uh, that, uh, that uh, the, the wife of the officer, in fact, is a staff nurse working in the, in the hospital. Uh, we've uh, studied this uh, so far, and we can't find any uh, uh, obvious link that links that particular nurse to uh, the current cluster we're looking at in Tan Singh, in terms of where she's gone, where she works, uh, it, it doesn't appear as if uh, it overlaps with uh, the movement of patients or the other staff uh, that uh, we've now detected as part of this uh, cluster in Tan Singh. So uh, it doesn't appear at this stage that uh, they are actually linked, but on an abundance of caution, uh, the ward where she had previously been at is included in the list of awards that have been locked down with the purpose of ensuring that we have tighter surveillance and we screen and test all the staff and patients in that ward just to ensure that we're not missing anything. Uh, the investigation is still ongoing. I mentioned earlier that we are carrying out phylogenetic studies uh, for all patients who present uh, with a diagnosis of COVID-19 infection and this will provide additional data that will allow us to determine whether uh, her source of infection, in fact, is linked uh, to the same uh, outbreak that we're seeing in Tan Tok Singh. It may not be so. They may be really uh, very distinct, uh, two different clusters. But we're keeping an open mind. The investigations still continue. And on an abundance of caution, that, that ward where that nurse had been is included in our sweep and, and the measures we're taking in Tan Tok Singh Hospital. You asked also about uh, 7D uh, and 9D. Uh, and one particular patient who had actually moved uh, there. Uh, my understanding, uh, Dr. So can uh, further elaborate if need be, was that this patient was admitted to the hospital initially uh, and then was kept under observation in one of the wards. But when a bed was available in the de definitive care wards, uh, that patient was then subsequently transferred to that particular bed. And that explains why initially the patient uh, spent just a day in 7D uh, and subsequently spent the rest of uh, the hospital stay within 9D. And again, uh, on an abundance of caution, we've included 7D, even though he had spent uh, 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 less than a day, in fact, uh, in that particular ward. And we're testing all staff and all patients in that ward 
just to assure ourselves that there, there is no uh, spread of infection to that particular ward. And so far, the testing of both staff and patients in that particular ward has not yielded any positive results. Uh, so, so we continue to be vigilant and we continue to watch uh, to see whether or not there will be more cases that come out through our testing uh, uh, exercise. Thank you, Minister and DMS. Can we have the third question from Su Hui from CNA, please? Hi, this is Su Hui from CNA. I have two broad questions. Uh, the first one will be related to new infections. Uh, the new infections, those that are recovered or vaccinated, connected to new virus variants uh, that we see in India, uh, as well as how many vaccinated people in total are, uh, got infected even though they got vaccinated? And will this have an impact on the vaccination drive? Now, the second broad question would be, uh, remember we talked about the unique visitors, um, the rule of eight unique visitors and two, and being able to visit two households daily. Will there be enforcement? Will there be an increase in enforcement numbers? How are you going to enforce this new rule? Will there be a penalty for violators? Thank you. Thank you very much for your questions. I'll take the first few questions uh, concerning uh, uh, viral variants of concern uh, and the issue of vaccination. Uh, at the last press conference, I had uh, uh, given an update and an overview on the uh, cases that we've seen that we've uh, uh, identified linked to viral variants of concern. Uh, we continue to test all uh, uh, COVID-19 infected cases to determine whether there are other uh, var uh, viral variants of concerns isolated but that uh, continues to be testing in progress. And as you can see, as cases come in, there will be more tests that are done. Uh, we're not uh, ready to provide a further update because we still need to compile that additional information, but we hope then to give you uh, more information as that information becomes available. Uh, so we are looking even for the existing clusters in Tan Tok Seng Hospital and the other clusters to determine whether any of them are due to viral variants of concern. This would be obviously a matter of great interest to us because we've noticed that uh, there were several um, doctors and nurses, healthcare workers in Tan Tok Seng who have had their vaccinations and now uh, have been found to have infection. Uh, we are looking into the possibility that this could be related to a breakthrough infection occurring in vaccinated people. Uh, but uh, the evidence uh, to date suggests that uh, the wide majority of vaccinated people continue to, to have uh, protection. And, uh, and when we reflect on the overall number of uh, people who have been vaccinated, uh, we think that vaccination still is important, still is recommended, and we still encourage as many people to get vaccinate, uh, vaccinated to improve their level of immune protection against getting infection, and if infected, getting a severe infection. So it remains our recommendation to encourage everyone to still get vaccinated. And uh, we believe that uh, that vaccination will continue to protect us, even though we're seeing a few cases that may reflect uh, a possibility of breakthrough infections in vaccinated uh, people. I'd like to just echo what DMS said just now about vaccinations. I mean, the, the, we always knew that vaccinations are not 100%. That, that's nothing new. The fact that breakthrough infections can happen is something we already knew about. So we should not, you know, overreact to the news of breakthrough infections or worse, make the biggest mistake, which is to say that, oh, in, in vaccinations don't work and therefore maybe there is no need for a vaccine. I think that would be disastrous 
because the vaccinations do work. They protect yourself, first of all, from the risk of severe disease, and they do help to reduce transmission. It's not 100%, but there is an impact. And the more of us who are vaccinated, the bigger the impact will be in reducing overall transmission of the virus in our community. So once again, we really encourage everyone who is medically eligible or who are in the age groups to get yourselves vaccinated. Make a booking if you have not done so already. On the other question on the rules for visits, um, the eight unique visitors per, per day rule has been in place for some time. We will continue to apply that and enforce that. Um, the outgoing visits, two per day, we are now saying limit to two social gatherings per day, whether it is to visit a household or for a meal or for a gathering in any public place, limit to two per day. Uh, we will continue to enforce to the best of our abilities. We, it's not new. We have done this before over the course of the last few months and even through the Chinese New Year uh, period. So we will um, do whatever we can to step up enforcement for these rules as well as for all the other safe management measures that are in place. And we will not hesitate to take enforcement actions against anyone who is in breach. Thank you, Minister and DMS. May we have the next question from Philip of Bloomberg, please? Hello, I hope you can all hear me okay. Um, I had a question about India, actually. Um, perhaps you've heard that India is now withholding their uh, supply of vac vaccines. And I'm not sure if, uh, I was wondering if this impacts Singapore in any way whatsoever. For example, if there were any negotiations to perhaps procure vaccines from India. And if so, I wonder what your take on that move by India is. And lastly, I wanted to ask uh, Minister Gunn, uh, Sorry, Philip, to interject. Uh, we couldn't hear your question. Could you repeat? We lost you yourself? for a while. Yeah, we lost you at some point. Sorry, can, can you hear me better now? Is it better? Yeah, it's better. Yeah, just speak closer okay. to the mic, please. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, just given the uh, situation in India, perhaps you've heard that they've withheld, uh, they're going to withhold vaccina uh, vaccines there. I wonder if that impacts Singapore in any way whatsoever. For example, if you had negotiations to procure vaccines from India, uh, and if, it, if there is any uh, impact there, what your take on that would be. And the second question for Minister Gunn, given uh, your recent uh, appointment, I wonder if this is your farewell party from MTF. The, on the vaccine situation, there is no there's no impact from the move by India. But we have always said, whether it's India, whether it's Europe, whether it's whatever country, uh, that imposes restriction on exports potentially, we recognize that there may be delays or disruptions to our vaccine supplies. So the risk will always be there. But for now, we are still getting our supplies of vaccines uh, and we are continuing with our vaccination program. And we will manage the risk by diversifying the types of vaccines we use. We are we have two vaccines now, and we are continuing to look for other options. On the vaccine, let me just also add that we remain focused on getting the whole of Singapore vaccinated by the end of this year. So far, we remain on schedule to achieve that. And hopefully, we do not see further delays or disruption 
and we will be able to achieve that objective. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, for as long as I remain a health minister, I will remain focused on COVID-19 and uh, working with my co-chair, Minister Lawrence Wong, and the team to uh, work to uh, contain the infection and to keep Singapore safe. Thank you, Ministers. Can we have the next question from Sing Hui of SCMP, please? Hi, Sing Hui. Sorry, we can't hear you. Oh, hello. Hi, hi. Yes, hi. it's okay now. Yeah, please repeat the question. Uh, yeah, hi, hi. Good evening, Minister. So I understand that when we announced the travel bubble um, on Monday, the suspension mechanism only looks at unlinked cases over a seven-day moving average. But, you know, given the developments in Singapore right now and how we have also heightened the measures within the community, would worsening cases then also affect this travel bubble? Well, there is, as you highlighted, uh, Singhui, a threshold that both sides have agreed upon based on the moving average over seven days of unlinked cases. So we will continue to apply that mechanism. If it um, breaches the threshold in Singapore, then the travel bubble may not start. Or if it starts, but along the way, the threshold is breached, then it may well be suspended. So as I had said just now, and even last, the last conference when we talked about this, we just have to be mentally prepared that this is not a, a situation where uh, new initiatives are rolled out and then they will continue permanently without any potential for disruption. Because the situation is so fluid, uh, it's highly unpredictable, there will be you know, ups and downs in our infection controls so from time to time. Even a single case can very quickly result in clusters forming. So we just have to be mentally prepared that from time to time the thresholds will be breached and potentially there will be suspensions along the way. Thank you, Minister. Can we have the next question from Yongshen of Channel 8 News, please? Hello, panelists. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Yongshan. All right. Uh, I got some questions. Uh, basically, I just wanted to because uh, just now the, we mentioned that you know there will be people from TTSH that will be put on uh, LOA and quarantine. So the question would be how many of uh, such manpower is expected to be reduced. Um, also, uh, based on the stats, mid month this month. Uh, there are close to about 2,500 A&E cases in TTSH. So how many percent of these new A&E cases will be redirected to other hospitals and how do you determine uh, which hospital uh, will be sent to, whether the A&Es from other hospitals can cope, uh, and also you know, whether there's any prevention of cross-interaction between the hospitals and uh, or health group protocols have been activated. Eugene? So I'm, I'm going to take the earlier question about the number of staff we anticipate that will be put on leave of absence as well as quarantine. I think the investigations are ongoing at this stage and we are doing further contact tracing. So we do anticipate the numbers to go up. Um, today we have 76 of our staff who are already on leave of absence, but we do anticipate to be in the 100 
or more um, by the time we finish our full contact tracing. So I do anticipate a couple of hundred would be possibly uh, put on leave of absence. In order to manage our manpower, therefore, um, we will have to therefore reduce electives. We are reviewing our outpatient clinic schedule as well um, to reduce the number of appointments. The less urgent appointments will be rescheduled uh, beyond these two weeks in order for us to cope uh, uh, by redeploying our manpower to essential areas uh, that require operations. Uh, we have also worked with the ministry um, to look at non-life-threatening um, ambulance cases coming to our hospital. And for that, um, um, I will leave it to the ministry to share with you as to how they would do the ambulance diversions. Thank you, Dr. So. Uh, indeed, uh, the Ministry of Health works closely with all our hospitals, as well as the Singapore Civil Defence Force, uh, to uh, uh, ensure that uh, the patients uh, who have urgent need to get to hospital are evacuated for timely care. But where we uh, evacuate them to uh, is uh, would vary, uh, depending on where uh, these uh, patients come from and w which the nearest hospital is. But we also monitor uh, the, uh, how busy the hospitals are, their emergency department, their bed occupancy uh, status. And we have on occasion uh, issued guidance uh, to uh, preferentially direct uh, patients uh, to be evacuated or transferred to certain hospitals to ease the load on others uh, where they are particularly busy. And since the weekend, we've in fact uh, been preferentially uh, diverting ambulance uh, transfers and evacuations uh, to other hospitals away from Tantoxing. This was not a measure that initially started uh, due to this particular cluster, but we had noticed that uh, uh, there was a high bed occupancy rate in Tantoxing, and uh, we had worked out a uh, temporary uh, arrangement uh, to uh, bring more patients to the other hospitals in order to ease the load on Tantoxing, and it fortuitously occurred at a time when uh, we first detected this cluster. We've continued this uh, particular arrangement, if only to uh, provide some uh, breathing space for the hospital, uh, Tantok Singh, uh, to reduce the number of uh, patients that require admission in, and therefore allow the hospital to focus on uh, managing this outbreak and ensuring that the existing patients within the hospital are looked after properly with their safety uh, upheld. We are monitoring the situation in all our hospitals, and in particular, the other hospitals where uh, they have received patients which otherwise might have been transferred or evacuated to Tantoxing Hospital. Uh, the hospitals have reported an increased number of patients presenting to their emergency departments, but at this time, uh, the load, the volume of patients that present uh, are, is still manageable, and we will continue to uh, monitor this closely and work out uh, uh, arrangements uh, where necessary to ensure uh, that uh, the system can cope. Uh, to further expand, uh, we do have uh, an overall bed capacity that still uh, is sufficient to meet our current needs, including the clusters uh, that we have uh, of, uh, at hand. And that includes not just the Tantoxane cluster, but also the other cluster of cases uh, that we've seen uh, and have been reported as well. Uh, we also have our uh, stock of COVID-dedicated beds in all our hospitals. They all remain on standby, ready to be activated for use. Uh, both general ward beds and ICU beds, and the manpower if need be to be stood up uh, to uh, support um, looking after COVID patients in all our hospitals. So these are 
the reserve measures that we've had ever since last year, they remain in readiness. Uh, but at this time, we have not activated uh, any of these other reserve uh, uh, measures just yet. Thank you, DMS and Dr. So. Can we have the next question from Eugene of today? Hi, um, I have a couple of questions. So we know that vaccinations cannot fully prevent infections, but do we know how severe the symptoms are amongst those who have been infected, even though they have been fully vaccinated? Um, the second question I have is, for patients who have uh, just received just one dose of the vaccine, will they continue to be vaccinated with the second dose while being infected? Um, for the Westlake Dorm and Tantok Singh clusters, they both involve uh, fully vaccinated individuals. Do we know if these uh, vaccinated persons were the index cases for their clusters? And a final question, how does the impact on Tantok Singh Hospital affect Singapore's overall healthcare capacity? So are we effectively sending patients and staff to other hospitals? So for instance, I think during the SARS period, several hospitals were also infected after the, um, there was a Tantok Singh outbreak and you know, patients were sent to other hospitals. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the question. Uh, um, uh, first of all, uh, just to, to state, uh, uh, you asked about severity of infection. Uh, those who are vaccinated, uh, the staff members in particular, uh, and those who are detected to have uh, COVID-19 infection, uh, they either, they've either been asymptomatic or at best had very mild symptoms. So the case in point was that first uh, staff member, uh, the nurse, uh, which brought uh, uh, a series of screening actions that then picked up the other cases. Uh, she had very mild uh, respiratory symptoms, but in fact, many of the other cases uh, have been asymptomatic, uh, and that is consistent with our understanding that vaccinations do help to, to prevent or reduce the likelihood of severe infections occurring. It's more difficult to, to look at patients uh, and to assess uh, whether or not uh, infection is, giving, uh, is uh, severe in them, because you have to remember these patients were in the hospital for a variety of different medical conditions, uh, and uh, those medical conditions might already lead to them being quite ill. Uh, some of these patients are very senior in their age. You know, we've got patients uh, in their 90s, frail with concurrent multiple medical conditions, who already uh, are very ill, and 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 who's, uh, who, and where the families have been engaged even before uh, the uh, detection of infection, uh, to to let them know that uh, in fact they, uh, they need to be ex uh, to be prepared that, that these patients might uh, might uh, get worse as a result of their original condition. So because of this, it's a bit difficult for us now uh, at this stage to assess whether or not uh, they. Uh, have uh, a worse prognosis on the basis of the infection, but we uh, continue to be committed to look after them, to provide as best care as we can, and we're committed to providing uh, as much support, not just to uh, the patients, but also to their families uh, during this very difficult time. We are mentally prepared that uh, some of uh, these patients may not do so well, given uh, how old they are, how frail they are, and the medical conditions that they have, but we continue to hope for the best, and we, will con we are committed to provide as best care as we can for all the patients uh, in the hospital. You've asked also about whether, um, uh, as a result of the outbreak, uh, the capacity that we have in Tantok Singh, as well as in other hospitals, will be challenged, uh, and, 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 and whether or not we'll be able then to provide uh, healthcare services as a result of, uh, of uh, 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 dealing with uh, these out uh, outbreak and the patients that need to be admitted. I had mentioned earlier that we monitor this very closely, and at this time, we still have sufficient bed capacity, both in Tantok Singh Hospital as well as in the other hospitals, to deal with 
uh, the anticipated number of patients that we might see coming out from this cluster, as well as dealing with other clusters that may arise in the community and other patients who require care for their, uh, their, their medical condition. So at this stage, at this time, uh, we, are, uh, we remain confident that we have sufficient healthcare services and resources uh, to accommodate the needs of our population, but we will continue to be vigilant and monitor this very closely. We have reserves uh, as far as resources, beds and equipment, uh, and we stand ready if need be to activate them, but we have not identified the need to do so at this stage. Thank you, DMS. Can we have the next question from Kang Wei of Wan Pao? Uh, hi, panelists. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Kang Wei. Hi, good evening, panelists. So what we, we have is, uh, what we see today is there have been a lot of additional measures taken for Tan Tock Seng Hospital. So like the decision to clear public places for visitors specifically by this case and testing like most of the patients in the hospital and allowing members of public visiting this place to be tested. So I think these are actions that have not really been taken in the past. I think it's quite drastic measure this time now. So is there any reason why such drastic measure is taken for this Latosin Hospital cluster? Is it because there's a uh, is it because there is a virus variant that's more transmissible than what we see in the past? And MOH actually considers that of measures for all hospitals such as this as well, such as tightening of work visiting policy or restricting movement of doctors across different hospitals. We remain vigilant uh, and um, uh, to uh, look to see whether or not there's any possibility that there'll be other cases that go to any of our other hospitals. All our hospitals have been uh, instructed to uh, uh, to check on their processes to make sure that they are vigilant, disciplined, and strict with uh, infection control uh, within their hospitals, and and that we are monitoring the situation very closely. Uh, we have not uh, uh, engaged all the measures that we could have done. Uh, with, uh, but we've uh, decided that we will um, impose or implement uh, uh, the more stricter measures in Tan Tok Seng simply because this is where the current outbreak is uh, and we will monitor this uh, on a day-to-day -day basis to decide whether or not we can lighten up on these restrictions or whether or not further adjustments uh, in terms of some of these restrictions need to take place. Uh, the restrictions we, uh, that we are putting in place in the community uh, it's not simply uh, as a re gut reaction to uh, what is happening in Tan Tok Seng Hospital. But over time, uh, as uh, we see our community cases uh, coming down, uh, we are also concerned that within the community uh, uh, that, uh, that we may not be so vigilant, so disciplined in our use of mask wearing, safe distancing measures. And there's always the risk uh, that we may become complacent. So uh, the fact that we now have to impose some of these additional measures compared to previously when we were lightening up is also uh, 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 a message that we want to give to all of us in the, uh, in the community that we must remain vigilant uh, and that everyone, uh, uh, everyone's participation in this uh, makes a big difference uh, to how uh, we can remain vis uh, resilient and, and uh, protected against uh, this particular infection. And as Min, uh, uh, Mr. Wong has mentioned earlier, uh, there may be some ups and downs, and there may be a need from time to time to tighten some of our measures, but at other times to loosen and lighten up. But at all times, this, uh, we must not be complacent, and this is clearly a, a lesson that we must learn. I, I should just add, too, that this is the first time in quite some time that we have seen uh, relatively larger clusters uh, emerging in the community. So obviously, it is cause for concern. 
But we have, and we have also learned from experience that in order to control and break the transmission chains, we must move in quickly um, to try and you know, stop the transmission from spreading further. We now have better tools to do this. We have testing capabilities. We have a better tracing system use, using trace together and safe entry. So we are essentially using everything at our disposal to try and slow the infection, control, keep it under control, and break the transmission chains. Thank you, Minister and DMS. We will now take the last two questions. Next, can we have Sandra from ARD German TV, please? Good evening. Uh, what do you know about the origins of the hospital cluster? How did the first case uh, get infected? Uh, thank you very much for your question. Uh, epidemiological investigations are still ongoing. So uh, we are not able to uh, give you a good response at this point in time uh, who might have been the first case and uh, where infection might have occurred. We do know that the first case that presented to us was a nurse who, uh, uh, as a result of, uh, uh, of the, 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 the rules, that, uh, you know, the, the, the measures and the protocols are being in place in the hospital, when she started developing mild respiratory symptoms, she immediately reported her symptoms and, and sought care. And that allowed us then to detect the infection and, 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 uh, and uh, then uh, start doing contact tracing and testing uh, more people, staff and patients. But she may not be the original patient that was infected, nor uh, the cause for other patients and staff to be infected as well. So we keep open the possibility that uh, infection may have been introduced into the hospital by someone else. It could already be one of the staff or patients that we have already detected, but it could easily be uh, someone else that we have yet to detect, but may detect over the next few days of testing. Uh, so we, we continue to investigate every single case. We carry out both PCR and serology testing, and we try to uh, uh, assess whether they're symptomatic or not, and when their symptoms arose, with a view try, towards trying to determine who might have been the earliest person to get uh, symptoms or get infected, and that plausibly might then be the first case that introduced infection onwards. But as of now, that contact tracing and epidemiological investigations are still ongoing, and we are not able to provide you with a definitive reply as to who might have been the first patient to introduce infection into Tantok Singh Hospital. Thank you, DMS. The final question comes from Radhana from Reuters, please. Hi, sorry, we can't hear you. Could you unmute yourself? Hello. Yep. Hi, uh, Minister Wong, maybe this one is uh, one for you. Just wondered, I mean, I've been looking at some kind of thresholds in number of cases, unlinked cases, as you are looking to, as we look to tighten further if needed. Well, this is an ongoing exercise. We went, we've been through this before, through the course of uh, the whole year last year, where we continue to monitor infection rates on a daily basis, particularly the unlinked cases in the local community. We continue with our Sentinel surveillance, where we test everyone who sees a doctor with uh, acute respiratory symptoms. And then we look at a whole range of other indicators uh, to assess the 
compliance with safe management measures, for example. And based on that, we cal calibrate the measures that we have in place. So as I said just now, we've put in place a set of tighter measures that we believe are necessary to slow, thing, slow down the infection and to break the transmission chains. But we have to be mentally prepared that if the situation does not improve and instead continues to worsen over the coming days, then indeed uh, we will not hesitate to take tougher action, which would include more stringent measures in, that will reduce significantly the number of interactions within the community. Because ultimately, that's still the best way to break transmission chains, where you slow down interactions you, or you significantly reduce social interactions and we restrict movement. And when that happens, then uh, you quite quickly are able to um, bring the infection under control. We are not there yet, but we strongly encourage every individual, everyone in Singapore to do their part, stay alert, be vigilant, and hopefully, as I said, we will be able to get through this bump together. Let me conclude by once again thanking Singaporeans for helping us, for working with us over the last uh, more than a year, and we'll continue, work, let's continue to work together to keep this under control and uh, continue our journey of a safe opening. I also want to take this uh, opportunity to thank all our healthcare workers who have been working very hard, particularly uh, healthcare workers in Tatong Singh Hospital. They need to work uh, even harder during this period of time because we have put in place uh, several uh, additional precautionary measures to strengthen the prevention of this uh, transmission. And some uh, healthcare workers in Tan Tok Singh has, have also been quarantined and therefore the manpower uh, uh, supplies have uh, come down and they have to work uh, doubly hard. So I want to take this opportunity to thank all of them uh, for uh, contributing and being committed to taking care of our patients. So once again, thank you.